Welcome to episode 44 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We are in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Citra, CastBot, TuneIn, and of course, we are on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nah. What up, y'all? All right, Nah. What are we calling this episode? Oh, child, surviving our legends. Mm. Woo, Chile. Woo, woo. We're going to have to get into it. We're going to try to keep it. We got to go into the ratchet, but we're going to have to go into that woke with that. All right. Moving forward, what we got for the ratchet minute? All right. This is is so, so ratchet. So Kanye West and the new slavery contract, because apparently, according to Kanye, slavery is a choice, and he made that choice for himself. Motherfucker. Yeah, so it's been reported that um, he is now in a well, he is in an EMI contract that states he can never, ever, ever, ever retire. Ever, ever, forever, <laughs> ever, ever. His publishing contract states that West will remain actively involved in writing, recording, and producing compositions and major label albums as his principal occupation. Forever, ever. At no time during the term. Uh, let's see, initiate a retirement from those occupations or take an extended hiatus in which he is not actively carrying them out. <laughs> Kanye is the new slave. <laughs> I guess nigga slavery is a choice for your it ass. Is. It is. He meant it. He meant it. So this little caveat came about because he's in the process of trying to own his publishing. And so I guess that's a little part of his contract. So he's he's fighting that. Like nigga, you a millennial nigga. You a millennial slave. You signed up for it. <laughs> I think this is just so amazing, given how vocal he has been, mm-hmm. uh, all the shenanigans we've seen from from this man. And you mean to tell me that you got a sentence in your contract that says mm-hmm. that you are an indentured slave to yeah. a record company for real, yo? For mm-hmm. real? I'm just. It, it is amazing. It's amazing. It's it's Ooh. amazing, and not and not and not in a good way, and not in a good way. So his team is saying that um, I'm going to read this. I'm I'm not a lawyer. I, <laughs> I got to read these lawyer words. <laughs> so hold on. But it says West team has specifically pointed to the California Labor Code Section 2855, aka the De Havilland Law. The famous legal precedent states that personal service contracts i.e. the same ones employed by those in the creative field are limited to no more than seven calendar years in length. So he's trying to, you know, he's trying to counteract, you know, what's it, what's in his uh, contract by saying he's only, you know, contracted legally for seven years, but the contract he actually signed says no niggas until you die. (laughs) Wow. Cause yeah, even in the, even California code, what they're saying is you could be an indentured slave, but at some point it's, it's gotta end. The contract can't go for over however many years that it states. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing that, his clause, whatever clause he has in this contract, it's amazing that it um I mean if, if it's violating the law. But the but the thing with contracts is you could agree to anything. Mm-hmm. So that and that's the part. Like if you have two parties that um, you know, are, are they they come to a contract and they agree on it, you know, it's gonna be a little difficult to get out of it because he agreed to it. Right. And I agree at a legal team at the time and you know that that looked over the contract. So I'm I'm really curious to see how this plays out. But you see, you see how the pot be calling kettle black? Man, oh. man, he out there thinking he better than everybody else when you didn't signed up for it. You signed yourself up for this slavery. That is so so crazy. So mm-hmm. and and the law that they he's using the at this is it Beverly to have a lot? Did you did you know anything about that? Girl, absolutely not. I don't know. No. <laughs> the internet's told me about that. <laughs> I got my law degree off the internet. <laughs> yeah, I think this was, um, if I remember correctly, it was uh, started the actress Olivia de Havilland, um, you know, back in the 40s. And she was under, um, she was under a contract with Warner Brothers. And what they did was they basically made, they kept renewing her contract, never paid her any more money. So it was some like, like 
six or seven times. They they never renegotiated her contract at all. And they kept it, they kept her at the same amount of money. And it, it ended up being like something like 30, 40 years. So that's what that statute is named after because she was basically a slave to the um to the to Warner Brothers. And by the time she was out of it, she was you know, what they said, like she was too old to perform the way she was performing because she, you know, had been like this young starlet, but they had mm -hmm. kept her contract and kept it the same for so long that by mm -hmm. the time it was all said and done, I mean, her career as she had known it, it was over. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, of, of bad contracts, De La Soul is now um, in battle with Tommy Boy. I heard about um, that. Yeah. Tommy Boy uh, wanted to release all of their um, their first six albums on the uh, streaming platforms. But in their, you know, based on the contract they have with Tommy Boy, you know, not, Tommy Boy would receive 90 percent of the revenue from the streaming um, streaming apps with De La Soul only getting 10 percent. Shit. Terrible. So, you know, um, and legally they can't really do anything. They can't you know, they said they can't legally do anything. They can't afford to fight it. But, you know, the music industry really came behind them to boycott Tommy Boy. So Nas is behind them, Jay-Z, Jarobi. They're all, um, you know, agree. And, and actually, Tidal is not going to participate in any streaming deals with Tommy Boy until they, you know, until they renegotiate this contract. I love that. So, love yeah. that. Saw that. You know, Fife said love. way back in the day, industry rule number 4080, record company Record people, people are shady. shady. Most definitely. Jeez. All the way around, oh. man. Oh, wow. Well, oh. good luck to them. I hope, you know, I, and that's, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of power. This is where you need to like move your muscle, you know? So, you know, kudos to Jay-Z and Nas for at least coming forward, you know, and being vocal about it. Like, look, we, you know, unless they get paid, we don't get paid. Right. Y'all not getting paid. Mm -hmm. We ain't paid before. So I, I appreciate them for that. Yeah, most definitely. This is this is you know um, Jay Z and all of and Nas and all of those old heads. They are just really represent hip hop grown grown up grown up style. Can I can I tell you? Because what last week we talked about, um, uh, Mama said knock you out. Uh, LL Cool J, LL and um, Ice Cube coming together as a conglomerate. Mm -hmm. You know, looking to buy all of these sports stations like. What a major move. Like, and you're exactly right. This this is hip hop grown up. This is next level, some next level shit. Yep. So what's up? And you know, even with the deal that Nas recently did, uh, I don't know if it was a water, water company or something. We I don't know if we talked about it, but you know, had a had a, a crazy level up and you know, in the, mm -hmm. in the what is it, eight figures or something. So yeah. Nas is really, really stepping his game up. He, um, I think before in his earlier career, he was really focused on music, but now he's really focused on the business part of the music and outside the music business. He's just really focused on getting his paper and, and, and providing a nest for us when we decide to settle down and retire. Thank you, boo. Thank you. So for y'all, <laughs> a little nest egg for y'all. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Get you one of those. That was <laughs> <laughs> it's the level up bitch right <laughs> all right okay moving moving on all right we have now entered the woke minute got here kind of fast but here we are so i have on my glasses really really i do today <laughs> and um and my kitten heels my my product kitten heels <laughs> not really but I do. I did own a pair. So we're we're here. So the reason why this episode is called "Surviving Our Legends," um, you know, we've just had a lot of the underbelly, underside ugliness of of us being dredged up lately. So um, I wanted to review "Leaving Neverland." Did you see it, Nye? You know, I watched, um, I got maybe like 45 minutes to an hour into it. I just had to turn it off. It just, it, it just turned my stomach so much. I got you. I couldn't watch I got it. You. So, so, you know, in the beginning of when you heard about it was, I guess, performing at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. And, you know, at the time I'm like, why would they dredge this up? You know, why would they bring this up? Leave the, leave the dead to rest in peace, you know? But I, then I also had to just go over my feelings of it because in, in reality, I was afraid to watch this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was the underlying, it was just a fear of watching it, you know, in light of 
all that has come out of Me Too and and Bill Cosby and R. Kelly and you know all this other stuff, I was afraid. And you know, um, you know, my fears were substantiated. So I took the better part of it was about you know four hours. That was the documentary, and then um, Oprah did a um, a kind of a special afterwards. So it was about five hours of this. And the documentary centers around Wade Robeson and James Safechuck, um, who are two white men who initially, you know, they they were a part of um, Michael Jackson's inner circle when they were kids. And uh, initially they had denied the abuse. And they in this uh, documentary, they tell their stories of how uh, Michael Jackson allegedly sexually abused them when they were kids. Um you know, I, I have to say, we we are living in the age of Me Too. We are living in the age of of surviving R. Kelly, and um, you know, it, it's just been a lot of things that I feel like were covered up for a very long time have been brought to light. You know, this documentary number one to me was just it was really really sad on all levels um, because of. I, I guess what is like the grooming that went on and, mm-hmm. you know, it was almost like sexual predators for dummies, like how this, how it all transpired. And, you know, it, what it showed me is that we as people, especially in our community, but I think people as a whole, we have this understanding of secrecy, you know, when it comes to dirty secrets and it, it becomes cognitive dissonance which is, you know, for cognitive, for a definition of cognitive dissonance is, you know, it's when you, when you, when you are a smoker, you, you smoke and you know that it gives you cancer, but you do it anyway. It's just like having the information and the knowledge before you, but you just make another decision about it. And this is what I felt watching this whole documentary. Number one, the parents who were, you know, so quick to let their kids spend so much unsupervised time with a grown man. Now, on the one end, you know, in their defense, this is Michael Jackson we're talking about, you know, and I don't know, you know, as a parent, what would I do if a celebrity of that stature, and it's fine because we don't have a celebrity of that stature anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, living living on this earth. So what would you do? It's very easy to judge on the outside, you know, uh, as, you know, what would you do in that situation? But we're talking about Michael Jackson. So, you know, and he, something that, um, the quote that was, that they were saying was like, you know, Michael was very much about getting what he wants. Even I think, uh, Quincy Jones has said, you know, they talked about, he was about getting what he wanted. So, you know, there was a lot of backlash on the parents that allowed their kids to, you know, go and have these sleepovers and, and all this stuff. But it's like, we're talking about Michael Jackson. So, you know, unless you had that type of celebrity, you know, come into your family and want to spend all this time with you and, you know, paying off houses and, and buying mm-hmm. gifts and, doing, you know, what would you do? You know, it's, 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 it, that's a very valid question because, you know, I'm talking to having discussions, um, about this with, with, you know, offline. And I'm like, if this was Michael that lived down the street, that had a regular job that drove a Honda, would you allow him to do some of the things that Michael Jackson, the superstar was doing with these kids? And, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard. You know, with, with R. Kelly, I had a, a hard line and, and I had a hard line you know, for a long time with him, I cut him off, you know, with Michael Jackson, this is a lot for me to process. Cause we literally grew up with Michael Jackson. Like right. I can't even remember a, a day in my life that I did not know Michael Jackson and his music. So it's really hard to process. Um, but you know, when you think about, you know, the stories that are coming out and even when this stuff was happening, you know, he surrounded himself with kids all the time. He had, you know, he had the Neverland Ranch, a Neverland Ranch, and he was very childlike, but he had all these child friends. And he's a grown man, like 30-something-year-old man hanging out with kids. And it's it's weird. The relationship mm-hmm. was very inappropriate, regardless of whether, you know, regardless of whether the abuse happened, if, if this relationship took place, with these relationships that took place with these kids, if there was no sexual abuse, it still would be a weird relationship. 
Right. In order for for this level of abuse to happen, and even going back to R. Kelly and also the the Netflix documentary um, Abducted in Plain Sight, there is a whole level. You call it grooming. It's grooming, and it's also courting. You know, when you first meet someone, they're trying to win your affections. They're doing whatever they got to do to make you like them. And that's what these predators do. And it's not only doing it to the kids. You also have to do this to the parents. The parents will be in romance, you know, with um, like you said, with the parents of these two boys. You know, they were, you know, the romancing of them was being in the presence of Michael Jackson and being allowed to live, you know, to be in that superstar world. And that can be, you know, that can cloud your judgment a lot. Michael Jackson, you telling me I'm going to, you're going to come and I'm going to ride on your private jet and we're going to go here and I'm going to meet all these. This is Michael Jackson, you know, and it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to think that someone of that statue and that popular and that talented and that famous, you know, um, would do something to your kid. And even though the, you know, the mothers were like, you know, it's, it did seem weird, but you know, I never even thought about it anymore after that, but they always had this thing in their brain. And I know you didn't watch um, Abduct- Abducted in Plain Sight. I did. I did, so I did watch did it. Watch, you did watch yeah. it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, this this man came in and really just finessed the whole entire family. He the whole. He was having sex with the mother, the father, and the daughter. But he did all that. He romanced the mother and the father so he can get to the daughter. And, Unbelievable. And, and, that's what, yeah. and that's what these predators do. That's what R. Kelly did. He became friends with the parents. Sort of, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, really his target were these kids. And it's and just, uh, and, you it, know. And, it's, and it's like, like you said, it's, it's like a, it's like a, um, a guideline. It's like the, the most elementary, you know, rule book to how to become a predator. You know what I'm saying? It's so basic, mm-hmm. it's so simple, but it works. But it works. I mean, you know, I just, I, you know, I don't want to get off too off topic, but just, I was when you watched R. Kelly leaving the courtroom and the girl that was outside mm-hmm. that was like he finessed her right in the front of the courthouse steps, leaving leaving his trial, and she was like enthralled with him and became mm-hmm. his girlfriend. I'm just like it, it's these these people are predators. So I just I wanted to bring it back to what I call and what it what it looks like cognitive dissonance. And I think, you know, I'm my myself included, I think we all have it because just look at the facts that we that we knew. Like you said, we grew up with Michael. So it wasn't, you know, we grew up with his music. We grew up with his the plastic surgery. You know, I you know, I'm of the generation. I remember old Michael. I remember off the wall Michael Jackson, you know, and he became another person in front of our eyes. You know, and I'm 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 just I'm just looking at all of the facts that we do know that he obviously had an identity crisis going on with the plastic surgeries. Um he admitted many times, and I've seen it, you know, where he said, you know, sleeping over, having sleepovers with young boys, sharing beds, it's a beautiful thing. It's innocent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he said that 10, 15 years ago, I listened. I'm like, okay, it's weird. It's odd. But I, I feel like my ears have changed and I've heard so many other things now. When I hear that now, it, mm-hmm. it is. It's it repulses me, but we, but we heard it, you know, it's yeah. not, it wasn't anything new. He said, it. you know, it was, I, I, I watched him in an interview and he said it was the most natural thing. It was a beautiful thing, you know, having sleepovers at the house. And sometimes the parents would be there sometimes not um, where he admitted at the, at um, one of the trials that he had a 30 day sleepover marathon with one of, one of the uh, accusers where he was going over to this little boy's house. And you think Michael Jackson, what are you going, what are you going over to a little boy's house mm-hmm. and sleeping over with him? You know, I mean, he named his ranch Neverland Ranch. You know, I mean, basically that's where Peter Pan never grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the Pied Piper, we got, we got Peter Pan. Um, there were so many maids and drivers and nannies. They all witnessed like that similar odd behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that stood out for me in this documentary was the phone calls that Michael made to these, they were kids at the time. It just, it was so eerie and so inappropriate. And he was putting on different voices and um, impersonating different voices. But the whole thing was to try to get to spend time with these kids. I mean, we're not, we're talking about, they were like 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, you know, uh, these these two men, they were very plausible to me. They were very, um, 
I didn't feel like they were making it up. I didn't feel like they were, um, you know, this was a, a grab at money. What struck me was that both of them said that they had become fathers and that looking at their children who were at the age that they were when the initial abuse started, it really turned something within them, you know, where they felt like, you know, as a parent, you have to protect your children. And, you know, their parents, unfortunately, did not protect them, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm also looking at, you know, Michael Jackson, when he went through these lawsuits and even, you know, I was at the time I was like, um, I think I was like fresh out of, you know, practicing law and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, so he was acquitted in the criminal courts, but he paid out hundreds of millions of dollars in settlements. Mm-hmm. And that always bothered me. Even, you know, even back in that time, like, okay, if he was criminally cleared, why are you paying off lawsuits? You know, because you obviously you have the money um, to move forward, if, you know, to protect your innocence. You've already been cleared criminally. So why why payoffs? Why pay these people off? You know, um, and then it was just odd, you know, around the time that he married Lisa Marie Presley, um, you know, he has these three kids, which. I mean, I, you can adopt kids. That's fine. But obviously these children are not his. And, you know, even the nanny that fathered, I guess the youngest one was saying, you know, I never slept with uh, uh, Michael Jackson at all. Um, you know, it just and it also showed the psychological abuse, the damage that affects not only the abuse victims, but, you know, their families, because these men, you know, grew up have wives, have children, you know, the the relationships with their parents was, was shattered in some places, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it affects them to this day. Mm-hmm. And what was so heartbreaking was both of these men ex- just explaining the relationship, because on the one end, they felt that they had actually betrayed Michael because they loved him. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, he showed them love. Mm-hmm. So, by coming out and telling their truth, it was almost, it was a betrayal of them because there was a part of them that really had this deep connecting love to him. And And this is what you hear from a lot of victims. Mm -hmm. Because it's like when, when, when you have that kind of abuse, it's not when it's actually happening or when it's developing and it's not, it doesn't feel like abuse. I'm not being hit. I'm not being tortured. I'm not being pushed or punished or, you know, right. you know, I'm not being physically hurt, but, and he said, you know, um, I didn't get to, I didn't really get too much into Wade, but the first guy, um, save Chuck, he said, you know, it felt natural, you know, it felt like it just felt natural. And I, you know, he liked what he was doing. So as a kid, someone is, is, is doing these things to you and it, you know, and it, it feels it's, it's it weird to say it. for males because right. it's weird to say it, but he said, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to, to, to put something that you enjoy doing and equating that to abuse. It's hard. Yeah. It. It's hard to differentiate that, you know, this isn't right. This is, it's not right. But, you know, but as you, I guess, um, I guess he said as he grew up and he, you know, he realized the relationship wasn't natural. That's when he kind of was like, you know, this, this, this it's not right. Yeah. And, they, you know, with, and then, like I said, they both said, like, having kids basically shoved it in their face, you know, where they, you know, when you see the innocence of kids and, and recognizing for them how their innocence was lost at that age was really the turning point for both of them because you know and i and you know this has this has polarized people you know mm-hmm. because there are some people that are you know super mj fans and going to you know never going to believe any of this and then there are some who who believe the sides of of the accusers you know and it's it it it's it is very polarizing and even for me like i had to i had to have my own come to jesus moments so to speak about this, because, you know, on the one hand, you have this, this icon, this legend who we don't have another one like him. There's no one I can point to. And, you know, in our, in, in our atmosphere that can compare to him today, there's no one, you know, the charities and how, you know, his giving his music, you know, his, his, it, 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 it's hard to, and it's the same thing with R. Kelly on a, on another level. It's, 
it's hard to separate that and see that someone who could who could be such a contributor and do so much greatness can be such a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to come up with that. But you know, I ha- I had to wrap my brain around this because I'm looking at this documentary, and honestly, I I I, I shed a tear towards the end because it was it was sadness and it wasn't I just didn't feel like they were lying I felt like it was the truth and you know though they had Macaulay Culkin and he walks through and he says you know Michael never touched him and you know I mean this is you just think there are abusers who they have many faces right so you might not see the abuse but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't go on you know what I'm saying like I I mean R. Kelly never touched us but Mm -hmm. obviously it's, it's it's happened it does happen so you know, you can't, I don't think you can, you can, you know, I think that people are trying to, you know, hang the hat on that. Like, well, you know, or uh, Corey Feldman, you know, he never touched me. And, you know, but you can't say that for everybody. Right. You know? And like, mm-hmm. and like these two men were saying that the, just the, how they felt special and how he kind of chose them, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a part of the grooming process. Like I said, it's like sexual predators for dummies. Like, you can't have all of them, but you can choose some that are very vulnerable. And when you hear their stories and you mm-hmm. see some of the things that was uh, that were happening was happening in their lives, they were prime candidates for this. And that was the saddest part. So it's it's just like it's very it was very calculated. And it happened like, you know, one of them was saying it happened over a course of years. He built up to having a full on or attempting a full sexual encounter with them, but it was years of grooming that just, you know, I know it, it, it turns, it turns my stomach. I know, you know, you said you can't get through it. I watched Oprah special after it, which I thought was very powerful because, you know, it is saying, like I said, you can have someone who contributes so much to music and charities and is, and this is this great person in a lot of aspects but is but is a bad person mm-hmm. when it comes to this yeah. it, it's possible and that is that's man you know um there was a part where it was it was so eerie because uh wade robeson was you know like i said he said i felt like i had to protect michael so for a lot you know he denied it denied it denied 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 and his sister-in-law had a dream and she had a dream that that Wade had confessed to her and the sister-in-law told her husband, which is Wade's brother. And then it, it kind of came out like that. It was a dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, uh, Wade was saying at first, he said, you know, I'm always good at, I crack a joke, you know, like, well, he never touched me cause I wasn't sexy enough, you know? And then he just broke down and, and, mm-hmm. and told what had happened over the course of years. And, you know, you just saw the fallout from it. Cause immediately they were worried about what, you know, the mother would the mother commit suicide when she found out, you know, that this was going on, you know, right under their nose. And mm-hmm. she accepted a house, they accepted a house, from Michael, he no. she paid off, a, you know, all of these things. But then you look like, wow, he did all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say he did all of that. And I, you know, I, I, I don't want to talk about the dead, but let's, you, you got to follow the truth that's in your heart. And in my heart of hearts, as much as I have been a diehard Michael Jackson fan, I don't know, something in me just clicked this time around watching this, um, where I, I can't just sit here and and have this disconnection over all of these things that we all know and say, no, well, you know, but for they're sleeping in a bed together, he didn't he didn't touch them in an inappropriate way. I just can't say that with clarity anymore. Yeah, it's 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 really a weird situation because it, 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 for what reason would you have to sleep with a child that's not yours in the same bed? Like, there's no reason. You have a huge house. There are other, there are plenty of other rooms. There are other hotels. Like, you do not have to sleep in the same bed. For what reason? For what and, reason? And, 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 even if it, and even if it is an innocence, I think in your mind, you would say, on the looking into this, on the outside looking in, this doesn't look right. So I'm not going to, even though I don't have anything, I'm, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to do anything right. first or pervert it. But you know, from someone else's eyes, this is not going to look right. So this, yeah, like, I don't need the heat. I don't need that. I don't, you know, I'm just, and you're right. It's like, wouldn't you have a mechanism in you that says, 
even though I don't have, maybe I don't have any ill intentions on it, but to what, what the perceptions of other people, mm -hmm. what this would look like, it doesn't look good. So let yeah. me just refrain. Then that, at least you could have done that. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and he did it. You know, yeah. and he was, he was, you know, I just remember seeing some of these interviews where Michael Jackson was talking about it. And he was, he was almost proud of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you and know I, it was one of these interviews. I think I don't know if it was the documentary he did with Bashir or somebody yeah. who talked about um, having these kids drink Jesus juice, which was wine. You know, and you know what other reason would you give? Even as an adult, you drink wine to let go your inhibitions. Why else would you give it to a kid? Wow, I don't. I didn't even remember that part. I, it stuck with me because you know what the funny thing is when I first heard it. I used to always j joke about it, about, Je I'm about to go get some Jesus juice. You know what I'm saying? I, mm -hmm. I took it lightly, but now in hindsight, thinking about it, like that's, that's sick and perverse because, you know, th that's, the, that's the intent what people use to, to drink wine and alcohol is to, to release some stress and mm -hmm. to lower your inhibitions. And, you know, to do that to a kid, you know, there's ill intent there. Oh, wow. See, I don't I didn't even remember that. And this is what I'm because I remember the Bashir interview, which I mean, it was just Michael speaking so freely. And like I said, when he talked about sleeping with the kids and he said it's it's innocent and it's beautiful. And I'm just saying my ears today hear that so much differently than I did when it initially came out. Like, yeah. you know, that's just Michael being Michael. But now you're listening like I, that. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right at all. Not at all. A absolutely. It doesn't sound right at it's all. And it's like, you know, like I said before, you really have to take, and, I, and to be perfectly honest, I, I really have to process this um, mm -hmm. from my mom because I just felt like, you know, Michael Jackson was just a huge part of my entire life. You know, R. Kelly came in when I was a teenager. You right. know, it's it's easy for me. It was easy to 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 cut that that cord, but for Michael, you know, we grew up with him. There is not a time in my life that I just do not remember. You know, I had his album right. on my wall, his posters. This is this is really really difficult. But if you take the celebrity out of it, this shit is fucking weird. It is yeah. weird. Yeah, it would not on a for regular people would not be tolerated. You know, this behavior would not be but tolerated. But but there are other stories out there where regular schmegular people are doing the same thing, like this ab abducted in plain sight. This is a yeah. regular old man, you know, it's a regular man who came in and just disrupted this whole family's life. And the, and that, I, I just, mm, I, and I hear you like, you know, still processing it. And and I'm still processing it too. Like, I, 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 just, like I, I don't, I, I don't cry when celebrities die, but on his, when he died, I really was like, I bawled for days. I was hurt. I was so hurt. I was hurt that he passed, that he died and he passed away. And oh, God, this yeah. is, this is going to take some. And, you know, I, I, um, one of my friends who's a child psychologist, we've been going back and forth. Um, and I'm just, and I asked if had she watched the documentary and just from her, her professional, um, standpoint with her dealing with abuse cases and, you know, just being, that's, that's what she does as a profession. What would her, what were her thoughts? And she said, she definitely believed, um, safe Chuck. She said mm -hmm. way, not too much, but she definitely believed safe Chuck. Um, you know, um, it, so I don't no, know. I, I, think that's why I really had to turn it off because I'm like, I don't know if I could just hear any more of this because, you know, if you take Michael Jackson out of it, I would be like this, this man needs to be murdered. He needs to be killed. Yeah. It's, it was just hard to hear that, you know, your childhood hero, for lack of a better word, is a fucking monster. Yeah. He's a, I, I just this is like these are monster. These are things that a monster would do. And it's so, you know, and I think we we've we've given Michael, um, late Michael Jackson, a lot of excuses. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I just I'm looking at, oh, he had this childhood, and you know, mm -hmm. and he wrote a song about Ben, about the rat was his only the rat was his only friend, and you know, just all of these excuses mm -hmm. that we yeah. made up to um, you know, let some of the, some of the behavior go. And, and I just, I, you know, I, I got to a point, I don't know. It was just like, I woke up and I saw this and I don't want to do that anymore. You know, um, it is terrible that this is, has, has tainted his legacy so much. It's terrible. But 
it is what it is. It, it, it is what it is. And I don't want to, um, you know, I just, I, I don't want to just brush it under the rug. I think we, yes. we, we've had enough of that. And I think if we use, if we use our, the, the common sense and, and not be so much a part of this, this, you know, disowning um, what we know to be true. And we just look at it just, you know, I had to like lay out all the facts and it's like things that we know it doesn't, it just, it doesn't sit right at all. And I think one thing that I think I, I really wish that people would stop saying is that um, these, both of these, both, well, they're men now, but as kids, they testified and said that Michael didn't do it. So that must be law. No, kids, kids don't always tell the truth for whatever reason, just because they testify and they said it didn't happen at that point doesn't mean it didn't happen. You know, and then especially when they said, and you have to believe as a child, if somebody is telling you that if you tell, these are the consequences that you will suffer, whether that's going to be somebody going to die. So, you know, the life as you know, it is going to end. I'm going to go away for a long time. Like that's, that's real. That's real. That's 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 so um, huge to hear as a young child. I mean, I could just imagine. So Michael Jackson is telling you, if you tell all of these negative things are going to happen, Mm -hmm. Damn right, you're not gonna say anything. Right. Plus, you you put in the factor of he's already groomed them so much to where they have this love for him. They don't want to portray him at that mm -hmm. age, you know. And I'm it's so, you know, like, yeah. so weird when 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 this guy when Safe Chuck was talking, he was talking about all the different um rooms. This is before they moved to Nev Neverland. He was in another place. I can't think of the name of this, uh, the comp compound he had, mm -hmm. but he was just naming all these different rooms and different places, and he would just say. We had sex here. We had sex there. We had sex there. We had sex. And it was just weird to hear that because you were a kid with a grown man. So it really, it wasn't in his mind and his mind. I, I don't even think he still makes that connection. That it really, this was like a form of rape. It was you know, rape. It, it right. wasn't sex. He, I don't think he's really made that connection strong in his mind because he kept And he saying, said that he, he, he admitted it. There was a, there was a part in the a documentary where he said, you know, it's very hard when, your body basically has grown into this adult, but you're still in the mind of a child mm -hmm. and a child that's been broken. And he's, he, he acknowledges that. And it's, it's so sad because that's exactly what happened. And, you know, the way that he was explaining some of these episodes, it's like, you're a, you're a child, you're a baby. This is mm -hmm. not two consenting adults. This is a, this is a child, mm -hmm. but the way that he was groomed and the way that, you know, it had transpired, it would make him think that, you know, this was, he was the chosen one. They even talk about having a mock wedding, like how Michael Jackson had given him a wedding ring and they had vows and, you know, he reassured him that the whole thing with Lisa Marie is like, a you know, he had to do that for the, for the press, but you're the one I love, you know, and as a child and you're hearing this and you, it, and it that's just, something that someone says to their, their side chick when they're marrying someone else, you know, <laughs> I really love you, but I got to do this over here. I got to do right. And, and that's, and that's how he's, he's speaking of it as, you know, what, regardless of his same sex or whatever, but he's, he's talking about it like, okay, this, these are adult things, mm -hmm. but then you have to look back and like, but he was 11, mm -hmm. he was 12. This is not, oh yeah. I, who child, it has, it has changed a lot of, of things for me in terms of how I think. And, you know, I, um, I, I believe that people are on it. This has really polarized people. Like I said, people are on two different sides and there's some that's just, you know, never going to believe not a word that this is, you know, that our beloved Michael Jackson, our icon, our legend. Could do I'm such curious thing. to know if he's done this to um, any of his family members. I know you used to watch that, that, um, that reality show with the three, the three T's, Tito's sons. Yeah. And I, I watched it a couple times and I remember it was two things that kind of stuck out with me. One of them who was married, I don't remember their names, um, mm -hmm. but one of them was married for however long to his wife and she didn't know how, how he made money. She didn't work. He didn't work, but she had mm -hmm. no idea how he was supporting them. And then the other one, I don't remember his name. He what he talked about in one of the episodes, he talked about being sexually abused by a family member, but Whoa. he was very quick to say that it wasn't Michael Jackson. But I'm very curious to know really? if, 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 if it happened and, you know, they just used money to cover it up, you know? Really? I I I've watched a, quite a few episodes. I, I, 
I right because I I know the one that you're talking about that said it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was the he was the middle one that said it because the the yeah I I, I now that I, I remember what you're talking about. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they I mean, had mm-hmm. yeah. It, they t- and this is just I think just the Jackson clan and and not to make any excuses for for Michael, uh, but it's really a weird family, you know. And I heard stories from a long time ago. Um, I can't remember exactly where, but I either read it or saw an interview or saw something where um, it was allegedly that Joe Jackson used to molest the oldest daughter, Rebe. Yeah, I you remember know? hearing that. That you know that was my mother's. That was the info around my mother's time, you know, listening to listening mm-hmm. to music. I remember hearing that. Yeah, this is a this is a disturbed family, and, and this their family is is really weird. You know, it's really like none of them have. I think outside of Reeb, I think Reeb's husband is black, but outside of that, and I think Jermaine's first wife was black, the the Gordy lady. But um, other than that, they all married non white pe- non black people. They all had plastic surgery, and I think. Like the 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 grandkids and stuff have plastic surgery because those three T boys. Yeah. Oh weird. yeah, yeah. I thought they wanted to look like Michael. I thought yeah, that, that family is just weird, very mm. weird. But um, but yeah, this is this this topic is so heavy. It's I don't know. I I I was really clear on my feelings with uh, R Kelly, Michael Jackson. It's really gonna. I'm really processing it. Is I'm really processing it because this this is hard to like swallow. But you know it. It is what it is. The facts are the facts. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just can't ignore s- stuff like this. Because, like I said, even if by chance, by s- a small chance, none of the sexual stuff happened, the relationship with these kids makes everything these mm-hmm. kids say plausible. It makes it, yeah. it makes it plausible. You can't say, well, I, I don't believe it happened. There's, there is a lot of evidence that would sway you to believe that it could have happened. Most right. definitely. You know, right? So I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. I know it was heavy. We went, whew, yeah. we 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 went we went really deep on that, and um, so and, and, and the, the I think one of the good things um, about these kids, about these I keep calling them kids, about these men who are talking about this now because it's important that they tell their stories and they see therapy because that stops the that stops the the um, the abuse. You know, Absolutely. because yeah. and people, just the bravery. Can you? I mean, I'm just yeah. I, the bravery of coming forward. I mean, we're not. They're not talking about you know Mike from down the street. They're talking about Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. You know, that, and that's I, I don't know. Is there a household on this planet Earth that has never heard of Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. He's the biggest, the superstar on not not in your town, not on your block, not in your state or the country, in the world. He is the most popular artist person in the world everybody knows at all times so how do you how do you how do you how do you not fall into whatever he got whatever web he has how do you how do you not do it yeah like who who says no thanks when it comes to to michael jackson no thank you like no so uh, mm. well again you're right i'm 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 glad. I think they were very brave to come forward and tell their stories. Mm-hmm. I, you know, as men to come forward and talk about the abuse, I think that's powerful. Yeah. Think, you know, they've given a voice to so many, you know, because this, I, I think, even with among females, you know, there's still a level of secrecy with us. With men, yeah. oh my God. Worse. Mm-hmm. So, Especially, and I think. You know, and I, I don't want to bring race into it, but I, but I will, because you have to bring race into it because these these boys, mm-hmm. these men are are white, but in the black community, black men don't admit that happened to them. Ever, they never, they they do mm-hmm. not admit that yeah. it happened. I think I've heard maybe a few stories where men have come out and say there was a um, I think he was a basketball player. I can't remember his. This was some some years ago. He came out um and said that he was um he. Had, been molested by his mother's husband. Mm. Um, and, you know, he made his rounds and his, you know, he did interviews about it. And I'm thinking like, he is so brave because in our community, first of all, in our community, homosexuality is, is looked down upon heavy still, and then, still. And then to have this done to a boy. So even if, you know, even if he doesn't in his, you know, adult life doesn't prefer men, that stigma of you, 
being violated by another man that sticks with you for your life in the black community. Right. You know? Um, but yeah. Um, you know, someone else has said, um, on, on the socials, I was going back and forth to somebody about, you know, he, it was a little stupid, ignorant comment about in the age of me too, all these legacies are being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, I'm not going to stand behind someone's legacy at the expense of a child. Thank you. I can't, you just can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, and I hate to hear these, these, um, I call them these whole taps talk about, you know, they just going after the black man and, you know, they don't yes, go after the white yes. man like that. Yeah, they that. yeah. Oh, they and, go after I don't, don't want to hear that. So because of racism, you, you are going to sacrifice these, these women and these kids. Right. You know, I don't care what these men are doing. These are our people. We have to protect our people. That and that that's you are you are so right. I stand behind that because I and you can hear it, you've seen it on social media, you know. Without and this is I tell you this that's cognitive dissonance. It's like you have all the facts, you have everything, you can you can make an informed decision, but what you'd rather do is um stand on a podium and talk about how you know they're tearing down a black man and mm-hmm. because what that does, it doesn't make you uh responsible for yourself, it doesn't make you responsible for checking your friends and checking right. your family members. It, right. it, 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 it throws out accountability people. out the window. Exactly. Right, that's exactly yeah. what that does. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do that here. Uh, no, not okay. today. Not today. So anyway, like, can we move on? We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Where are we moving to? What we got? So I, I quickly wanted to talk about um, Jordan Woods and this whole um, Khloe Kardashian thing. You know, and last week we talked about it during the ratchet moment. But now this topic has moved to the woke moment. And it's done so with a warm warmth in my heart. So, you know, we know the story about um, Jordan Woods and Khloe Kardashian. Supposedly, she's being accused of sleeping with um, Khloe Kardashian's the baby father, daddy, baby daddy, father, her mm-hmm. child. And, you know, social media just really went after Jordan Woods and just ripped her to shreds. She was getting death threats. You said her mother couldn't even go to the grocery store. Her siblings couldn't go to work. And so what she did is uh, Jada Pinkett brought her onto the Red Table Talk to talk about the incident. And let me tell you, this was like a, a big hug for black women all over the country. Mm. So how they started it, um, they brought in Will Smith and they really they talked about the relationship they have with Jordan Woods. They've known her since before she was even born. Uh, apparently her father was one of the crew members on the set of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith are her guard parents. Okay. She's grown up with Jaden and she through Jaden, um, she met the Kardashians. And so she's been friends with um, Kylie, you know, for like 10 years. So they, they grew up together, but I really liked that they provided a backstory to her. You know, she just isn't a, a product of the Kardashians. She was a whole person before that. She has a family right. behind her that loves her. She's a huge support system that just, you know, that love her and, and they're going to see, see her through this. So, you know, Will Smith said, you know, you're going to take your medicine and you're going to move on. You know, so really what this is, this was a platform for her to tell her story. And, you know, so according to her, what she said, um, but, you know, before this, before the the interview started, Jada quoted and you said, she said, and this is so true. Black women can be the most disregarded and disrespected creatures on this earth. Absolutely. I was just, you know, with that statement and, and her providing this platform for her was just Jada was the auntie that we all needed that we all need, that we all needed. Mm. So, you know, Jordan really went on this platform to set the record straight and saying, you know, talking about the details of the night and really took ownership for what she did in, in, in this whole scenario. And, and, um, and, and that's what, you know, she's only 21 years old, but it's, it's brave to really take ownership and say, you know, I fucked up. This is what I did. And because of what I did, X, Y, and Z happened. You know what I mean? So, you know, she said she never slept with him. She said she was hanging out with some friends um, early in the day. I guess they went to a bar, went to a club. And the friends that she was hanging with got invited to Tristan's house for like a kickback session. And she was just kind of tagging along. She wasn't invited personally. She was just kind of tagging along with these girls. Um, but she, you know, she knows Tristan. There's a familiarity there. So right. she said, you know, while they were there, they're all drinking and having a good time or whatever. She said at no time had she ever um, disappeared with him and they were alone in a room or a bathroom or whatever. They were always people around. 
she did say that um, he was sitting in a chair and she was sitting on the arm of a chair, arm of his chair. And she put her legs over his legs. And she said they had hung out at his house, her and other people hung out at his house all night. And she left when the sun came up as other people did. And she said, as she was leaving, he kissed her on the lips. So, um, so she said, basically she said in her taking ownership of this, she said, you know, none of this would have happened if I had not have gone. And that's what she messed up. And I just thought that was just, that was, you know, she made little girl mistakes in a grown world in a grown woman's world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because this is not someone's boyfriend. This is not someone's man. This is someone's the father of someone's child, and even all that other stuff. You know, as as a, a woman with a a lot of uh, women friends, there are certain things that I just won't do um, around my my friend's man. You know what I mean? And it, and it this comes with with growth. It comes with experience. It comes with discernment. Right. Experience, it, yes. Right, and it it comes with also being a little psychic, you know what I'm saying? Cause I think right. I have been in Jordan Wood's shoes and not in uh, this specific situation, but I've been in situations where, you know, one of my friends, man has come on to me Yeah, a couple times, you know, and after, after it happens a couple times, you're like, wait a minute, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but this is what I'm going to do to stop this in the future. And it's called some, even in my later adulthood, I've done, you know, I've, I've, cut motherfuckers off at the knees and they, and they took offense to it. But I'm like, I don't care because I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you have ill intentions, but right. I can take that chance. I don't want to take that chance. I don't want that drama. You can do that with someone else. You know what I mean? But right. I, I like the fact that she, you know, she took ownership of her um, responsibility and all of this. And she just went there to clear her name. But I just really like that Jada and Will provided this platform for her because, you know, had I had an auntie back then that I can go and talk to about right. the situations that I was in, you know, it would have made my my growing into womanhood years a lot easier. You know, it's so funny that as an aside, I remember when I was 21 years old and, um, you know, had a little boyfriend or whatever and went to my grandmother's house with my boyfriend and, you know, a couple of best friends or whatever. And my grandmother pulled me, you know, we're all laughing and joking, having a good time being 21 years old in New York City. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother pulled me aside, you know, and Sean, um, don't leave your friends in the room with your man. Don't ever do that. And I just, I couldn't, my 21 year old self, I couldn't understand. I'm like, you know, we're mm-hmm. just joking. We're having a good time. But she said, you don't ever do that. Cause you don't know what, what happens when you leave the room. So you just, you, you all, you managed to stay in it. And you know, it was, it was a little bit of paranoia that she, you know, put mm-hmm. instilled in me. But as I got older, then I under you know, I understood, you know, mm-hmm. there's just certain things that you do and you don't do around your friend's man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most certainly. And I've, I, you know, I've always, I, and I've heard people say that before, and I've always kind of taken the stance that if I can't trust my friend or my man, I don't need, need either one of them. But I definitely understand where she's coming from. I definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, I, but that also comes with when you pick your friends and you pick your your mate, and right. it, it comes with, um, you know, you got to grow into knowing what to look out for. Thank you. Because when you're 20, 21 years old, you don't know. You, you think don't, you, you know, don't but know. You have no idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's unfortunate that she had to experience this um, in on a worldwide platform. Oh my gosh. A, yeah. But, I, you know, but I think she handled it very well. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be, she's going to get some good business out of this because I think. Uh, I read somewhere the eyelashes she had. Somebody made a comment about, you know, she's crying and her eyelashes did not come off. And she posted, like, I was wearing my own eyelashes. You can get them here. <laughs> I was like, Jordan, I ain't even mad. Get your coins, girl. Love get it. Get your coins. But, um, you know, you know, it, you know, I, I just have a, I just don't like these these Kardashians and whatever. But I just felt like it was such a low blow and it's so, um, it was so immature of Chloe to really go after this girl on a national platform. You're 36. This girl's 21. <laughs> wow. Like, you putting it, you putting it out there like that in, in real life. It's like, yeah, real she's talking about, um, let me quote what, what Chloe said. She tweeted this. 
Why are you lying, Jordan Woods, at Jordan Woods, if you're going to try and save yourself by going public instead of calling me privately to apologize first, at least be honest about your story. By the way, you are the reason my family broke up. Girl, let me tell you, black the people on Black Shows went in on Chloe. <laughs> Chloe. They Go went ahead. in on her like, girl, please. She was not the reason. <laughs> She is not the right. reason that your man has community dick and but what say he had Groupon dick. <laughs> <laughs> Groupon <laughs> Girl, please, that is not the reason why your man is out here. You don't if you want to call out a family, <laughs> you, you just just joke it. And then you know they had some pictures of Chloe that surfaced, you know, with her dressed as a pimp and all her her black uh mm-hmm. The black, uh, her black friends with chains, you know, mm-hmm. leashes and chains. It's just, yeah. and I will, I will go to, I will go to my deathbed saying that even though they surround themselves with black women, they do not like black. They hate black women because look at how they treat their supposed friends. They got all these black women around them, copying their style, learning their swag, learning their lingo, learning how to, you know, drop the R's off their words. And then once they got all that down, then they're gonna go after their man. They have a history that there was a there was a um, something on on someone's blog post, and they went down all of um, Chloe's relationships. Almost every single one of them was previously one of her friends' man. Yeah, then that's, that's something that they all do. I mean, I told you I already think they're witches, but that's for another that's for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just I really wanted just to talk about that and bring the story from the ratchet over to the woke because um, I just really love the way that um, Jada and Will just really took her in and just told the world that you know she comes from good people she is loved she's supported fuck them Kardashians that's love that's it. what they said love it <laughs> yep. love it all right so, moving on what are we are we at the weekend? <laughs> Man, it took us a long time to get here. It we didn't sure been did. anywhere else. It sure did. It did. It Baby, I'm home. Here. But we are here. Woo! All right. All right. This, so, this your weekend D report? This is my weekend D report. So, all right. So we got a little inbox uh message. And and Sean, you probably got more insight than I do on this because I ain't pushing no human outside of me, but all right, let's get into it. So I recently had a baby about a year ago and my husband has been saying that I don't feel the same to him anymore. He says I'm not as tight as I used to be and he doesn't fit as snugly as he used to. Um, I've tried doing kegels uh, to tighten those muscles. Um, He says it's helped, but he can really feel the difference. And he suggested that I get the vaginal tightening surgery Plaginosti- pla- no, excuse me, vaginal vaginoplasty. I can't even talk. Vaginoplasty. Ventriloquist. <laughs> right. Um, so it is, it's just to kind of give you the definition of that, gynoplasty is a female genital surgery procedure that tightens the, va- the vagina and surrounding muscles and soft tissues. So this person is saying, I want to please my man, but I don't want to go under the knife to do it. She don't know what she should do. Okay, so can I? I I got this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, let me just say first that you know, yes, I I, I had a baby. He's he's a grown he's a grown ass kid now, but um, many many some years ago, and um, I mean, you know, after that, I never had any complaints. However, mm-hmm. um, I I will say, look, go on Amazon. Get you some yoni balls. Yeah, have you ever? You know what yoni balls are? Yeah, I've heard of the yoni. Okay, so I, I have I have many sets of yoni balls. They yoni or yoni stones or whatever you want to call them. So they're basically these. Um, mine is I have some that's made out of um, I think it's amethyst. Um, but they are, it's a set. So I have three yonis. They're like yoni eggs and they have a string attached to them and it's, it's a stone and you put it inside of your vagina and you do your Kegel exercises with it. So the goal is to graduate from the, the, the biggest to the smallest. So of the three sets, you want to get to the smallest one, but I will say that I've, you know, you could do it in your sleep. You can do it when you go to bed, you put the stone in and it, 
you know, it, along with yoga, because yoga has been, to me, it's been a, a lifesaver. I will say, especially for tightening the vaginal walls, yoga and the yoni eggs. So, I mean, you can buy them off of Amazon, make sure they're made of uh, a crystal or like a stone. And it is such an experience. It's a, it's almost like, I don't want to say out of body experience, but you know, when you insert one, you can, um, you can feel your muscles tightening. So mm-hmm. like I said, the goal is to go from the smallest to the, um, the largest to the smallest. So, and it gives you so much control of your vaginal walls, you know, cause that's men like that during, during sex, they like to have that, that hugging feeling around their penis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was say thanks to my Yoni eggs, like, the vagina wall is 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 toy, okay? <laughs> so, and I that, that helps. That helps. You know, the woman who's using that, it helps. You know, it's, it's tightening, so you can feel that friction. Oh, it's absolutely. It gives you yeah. so much control, and it gives you, you know, really, really tightens that area. So, you know, it's just like doing the Kegel exercises, and you know, sometimes you can tell when you're kind of off because you have you don't have full control of it. So you're supposed to be able to pull it as tight as a fist. Mm-hmm. And if if you can't do that, then I would suggest getting the the yoni eggs, and you know, just ten minutes because your body will tell you when it's time to expel it. So you put it in, and you know, you exercise with it, maybe do some yoga. You can sleep with them, and you know, it's it's amazing how your body will say, "Okay, I've had enough," and it'll expel it. Mm-hmm. And then you just, like I said, you graduate from the small, you know, the largest one and you gradually get smaller and smaller and you can feel the tightening. You can feel the the difference. So I would say in lieu of any sort of surgery, surgery, surgery on your genitals, on your vagina, on your vajayjay, get the yoni eggs. They have done wonders to me. It's, it's just like an exercise. You could do them anywhere. I mean, you mm-hmm. no one has to know that you're doing them. So it's just, it's kicking those kegels up a thousand in my opinion. So I would definitely suggest that. I think that's great advice. I've heard of the yoni eggs. I, great advice. Girl, I'm going to, I'm going to get you some for your birthday. <laughs> Somebody will be pleased. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you look, you can, you could do a whole blowjob workout with your vagina. <laughs> Seriously, like the whole thing. It's like Jaws, like, mm-hmm. like tight, you, you know, really tight. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Like a fist. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. All day. Yeah. Do not, sis, don't go under the knife. No, Try, try the yoni eggs, you know, give yourself a month, you know, just 30 days in and out and see what happens. Um, but I guarantee you, I'm guaranteed it's, it's like a workout. It's, it's like squats for your, for your vagina. <laughs> it really, it really is. <laughs> you want a booty pop? I'm sure you got a booty pop. And this, and you hoes out there, this is a way to get back your wholeness. You do this, you, you ain't a hoe no more. Okay. <laughs> All right. Walls back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm being silly. Okay. Right. But yes, I think that's that's the best advice. All right. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. <gasps> we are at the reminisce moment. This is my reminisce. I was so happy to get here. Okay. <laughs> So this week, the reminisce is from my boo, Jason Phillips, a.k.a. Jadakiss, who uh, featuring Styles P of the Locks. That was living off experiences. Remember them? Mm-hmm. So we're going to make it sample Samuel, John- Samuel Jonathan Johnson's My Music. It was produced by The Alchemist. It was released on August 7, 2001. So I always thought it, this was prophetic, you know, we gonna make it because it was two weeks before Aliyah's death and it was a month before 9-11. So with this, you know, affirmation of we gonna make it, it was just like the world, we needed it. I needed it. So I, it was a straight banger for me around that time. Um, it's off of Jada Kiss's album, Kiss the Game Goodbye. So if we remember the, the opening line was, fuck the frail shit. Because when my coat come in, they got to use the scale that they weigh the whales with. That line right there has <laughs> always been a banger. I don't care where you are in the club. You're going to feel it. We're going to make it. So I reminisce. I reminisce. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Yep. We needed that. 
We needed that. I kiss you, you bitch-ass nigga. Like, damn. <laughs> wow. Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, so good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. All right, so we're moving along. We're at the end. We're at the Support Black Businesses. And of course, you all know, this is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness and products and services made for us by us. So this week, I want to highlight Coleman Construction. It was founded by Sharon Coleman in 1994. It's based in L.A., formerly known as Denshaw Inc. Coleman Construction has been in the industry for over a lot of years. (laughs) (laughs) Girl. (laughs) But they have uh, a total of 60 years of combined construction expertise. They offer a wide range of construction services, such as construction management services, structural engineering, design build, new construction, renovations, demolition, underground utilities, retail construction. Um, They've worked on several projects in the LA area that include the LAX, Wells Fargo, Coffee Bean, Department of Navy, Department of Air Force, Reagan Library, the Suites of Woodlands, and Mm -hmm. it goes on and on and on and on and on. So I want to highlight them this week and their website is www.comancon.com. So black owned, minority owned, female owned. Yep. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I think we've come to the end. This has been a a really um, insightful show as always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, y'all. So you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast and the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. Shout us out on our DMs and Twitter. You can visit That's What I'm Saying, the podcast to learn more, send us questions and comments. And of course, now, who do we always shout out? We always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram. You can catch him on Twitter. He also has a hip-hop podcast called Hip Hop Now. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week. Take care. Take care, y'all.